When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite places to listen to podcasts, it's always a pleasure to sit here and talk sports with you all about what is going on in the world of sports as well. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, we have hit the sports equinox. We got college football. We got college, we got college, excuse me, we got college basket, basketball coming up. We got NBA basketball coming up. We got MLB playoffs. We got NFL. We got a little bit of everything going on right now. We got hockey. We got some uh, some some. Well, right now we have international soccer, and then we have uh, MLS Cup coming around um, in the next couple of weeks as well. There's a winding winding up the regular season. So yeah, it's everything all at one time. You know, it's uh, one of the best times for sports fans. And yeah, I mean, even if you're not a hockey fan, at least there's something out there for you. Exactly. You got you got real fisticuffs. You got not so real fisticuffs. There's a little bit of everything going on as well. But now's for one of our I don't want to say our favorite ones, but definitely one of our more renowned episodes of the year as well. And that's when we do our NBA season predictions today as well, too. Who's going to who's gonna make the playoffs? Who's going to win some awards? Who's going to win the finals? Who's going to win finals MVP? As We've had some pretty decent track records the last couple of years. We've sputtered a little bit, but I'm not humbly bragging. I did have that three-peat where three years in a row I managed to get the right one on our predictions as well. So I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Yeah, you know, let's just uh, we'll keep rubbing that one in, in, in the old wound there, huh? I got to get back on it because the last two have not been quite as kind to me as those three were. Yeah. You know, this year, I think I learned from my last couple years of mistakes of being a year ahead <laughs> um, on, on, on the person to watch. So I think, I think this year I'm going to have it finally pinned down. Maybe I'll actually get something right. So I may have doubled down on some of my award predictions from last year just to make sure that I might potentially get something going this year. You know what? Sometimes it better be a little early to the party than a little too late. So that that's definitely something to look forward no to. No sports person ever. Touche. But at the same time, that's because very rarely are they too early. They're usually just blatantly wrong. And then if it's six years later, they're like, oh, yeah, I said that a decade ago. But digress. That will mm-hmm. go ahead and just lead us right into the first part of a show, which is known as the tip-off. The tip-off, of course, brought to you by friends at SeatGeek. Use code BELLYUPSPORTS for $20 off your first order. Get yourself some nice tickets for any of those wonderful sporting events. That we listed as well, and we're going to shake up the order today. We're going to talk about some highs and lows out of the gate since we got those big predictions coming up as well, too. We're going to talk about what we're high on and what we're low on. We're going to keep it quick and simple. I'll start with my high out of the gate. We're going to take a Troy on up to Michigan, but not for the Wolverines. We're going to be looking at Dan Campbell and those Motor City Lions. I'm 
I thought I'm like you. I thought they were a year away. I thought last year was a great building block. They plateau a little bit this year, then they ascend next year. They said, nah, F all that. Give me those kneecaps, bit them right off. And now here they are, five and one. Arguably not not just running away with the North, but arguably one of the best teams in the NFL on top of it. Tied for the best record with Miami, Kansas City, and all the to Philadelphia, San Francisco. Not to mention they actually beat Kansas City as well on top of that. So they have arguably the best win of the season as well, besides maybe the 49ers and the Cowboys, but six and one and half a dozen the other. But either way, you got arguably the best win and one of the best records. And you got the Ravens coming up. You win that game on top of it. Lions are in full control right now. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team, but if you check that or tier Tuesday, that put them pretty high up there. And we were both like, yeah, I mean, it feels weird to have them up there, especially considering just a couple of years ago, they were letting you down with betting because they kept losing every other game. They you're, you're like, this will be the one. This will be the one. Led to Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson comes in and here they are suddenly. They're, now they're 5-1 and cruise control, cruising towards a plow spot. The only thing that let down is that they did the most Lions thing ever. Last year they started one and six, then went on a run, almost made the playoffs. It'd be the most lines thing this year to start six and one, then go on that massive dip and just barely miss the high DJ, not at low. That I know I'm saying that would be the most lines thing to do, but I don't think that is going to happen on top of it. I do think they're going to cruise themselves in the playoffs and they're in a good position. They can make a run for that one seat. It's obviously congested at the top, but what, what Motor City Dan Campbell's doing out there is apps can't be understated. Ben Johnson is arguably a top three offensive mind in the game right now. He Jared Goff, if he's not in your top five MVP candidates at this point in the season, your list is wrong. This is not opinion-based. It's just wrong. That Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 10 receiver. That one could be debated, but I think he's fantastic. David Montgomery, when he's healthy, he's great. They haven't even used Jameer Gibbs yet. They haven't even used their early first-round pick yet. Well, haven't used him a lot, I should say. So we're going to go high on the to differ, but yeah. Well, they haven't used him quite as much as one would expect, we'll say. And then, then the injury kicked in, but... And they haven't, like we talked about before the season, we didn't think they'd have any receivers, especially Jamison, besides Amon Ra, with Jamison Williams being suspended, et cetera. They bring in Josh Reynolds, a, a fellow Rams washout from J when Jared Goff played there. And every single catch of the season, minus one in this last, this last Sunday, was either for a first down or a touchdown. Every single catch he had on the season accounted for some form of down, minus one he had this last week that got him to third in inches. So, yeah. That somehow they found a way to make it work. So we're gonna go real high on the Motor City Dan Campbells right now. They they are cooking. There's something great going on there. And in a weird week where the Browns and the Jets beat two teams that were undefeated, the Lions teams that have had a long history of not so great. Lions the trajectory is 90 degrees in the air and they they look fantastic. Yeah, I mean I I, I don't think you're wrong by any means, but I, I I am concerned for that potential fall off as we talked about because the Lions don't start well. They finish well has been the Dan Campbell story. Well, um, well, I don't know how they're going to do as front runners now because now they are their favorites. Now, what do you do for the rest of the season as a favorite when you've been an underdog for literally your entire 10 years as head coach? That's going to be a question for the Lions. I mean, honestly, I'm not disagreeing with your high. I'm a big fan. There's a jersey right over there next to my, next to my, my door that is uh, of, of, of Monmouth, Monroe St. Brown. So, you know. You know, but, and like you said, too, it is the Lions MO. Next time I talk to him about him, it could look a little something like this, where it says this week's lows, not this week's highs, based on what you said there as well. So I, right now, I'm going to give them the due because that Ravens game could be a tough one. And like you said, it could get ugly. But right now, who would have thought five and one for the Lions? Neither one of us necessarily did out of the gate. No, I, I mean, definitely. Hmm. Um, definitely not. So I'm going to skip to my high here. And I am going with not football, but football. 
again. <laughs> seems to be the trend every week. Uh, the U.S. Men's National Team played Ghana last night, and oh my God, Gio Reyna, welcome back, young buck. It is great to see you. Tell Greg Verhalter to shove it right back up the pipe uh, because you know what? This is a fantastic showing for, for Gio Reyna, getting healthy finally, getting two goals in the night, including one from an indirect free kick inside the box. It's something you rarely ever see. Super funny to, super funny to see, super cool to watch. Um, but yeah, the U.S. winning 4-0 over Ghana, a team that in recent memory has been a pain in the side of uh, the U.S. men's national team. They've been one of those teams that have knocked us out of two World Cups. And then the third World Cup, we actually you know ended up beating them finally. Um, but yeah, it took it took a while, uh, and that was in 2014 that we ended up actually beating them. But it took took some time. 2006, 2010, they knocked us out in, of both World Cups, and 2014 finally pulled through in the group stages. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a uh, definitely not the same Ghana team. But for the U.S. men's national team coming off of a 3-1 slacking from Germany, you'll take that. You needed that win. You needed that to get get going back again. Number 11 team in the world. Uh, Got to prove it now going forward. Uh, and you know, as we, as they go forward, it's going to be down to um, Copa America qualifying is next. And so hopefully this team stays healthy. These young kids stay healthy. We actually get a full see a full run out of the actual squad that will be playing um, in four years in the USA. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's exciting to see. Exciting to see right now. There's a lot of young talent. These guys are all still 23, 24, 25 right now. They're, I mean, the oldest player on this team when it comes to the 2026 World Cup is probably going to be 28, maybe 29. So kind of insane to see. Um, and it was great, great to watch last night. But yeah, I'm gonna go uh, U.S. Men's National Team right now. My highs, especially most importantly, Gio Reyna. Absolutely, we kind of talked about it a, a couple of months back to looking ahead. Like they may have been a not so great World Cup season for the for the men's national team last last year go around. But with all that young talent you mentioned, like it, there was a lot of building blocks moving forward. So it looks like once that next World Cup and that situation comes around, they could be able to flip the script back to like those early two thousand, early to mid two thousands, like the ones we grew up with, which were they were a consistent competitor. This team is better than the twenty uh, two thousand two Korea team, which is the furthest the U.S. national team ever made it. Easily the most talent we've ever seen in, in the U.S. Uh, outfit, and and most importantly, here's the big thing: twenty twenty six World Cup. Guess where it's being held? That's right, home turf, ladies and gentlemen. Not SoFi Stadium though, because Corona Key's an idiot. But it is being held in the U.S. Uh, across, you know, between Mexico, U.S., and Canada. I think there's 26 venues or 13 venues being chosen, two in Canada, two in the U.S., or two in Mexico, and then the rest in the U.S. Or maybe it's seven, 17 and then 13 of them are in the U.S. I, I can't remember the breakdown. Um, but it's, it's you know, a lot of U.S. games, a lot of a lot of home cooking, if you will, um, in this one for the U.S. So it should be some, some fun times to watch. But, yeah, we got a lot of preparation to do before then. Absolutely. We 100% do it. I'm glad we kind of mentioned coming up with SoFi and we got the Olympics coming up in 2028 as well. What's one thing that what's there's two rules on this cast. One of them is we sometimes break the rules. The other rule is there are no rules. What was that? We always break the rules. And then rule number two is there are no rules. So what we're going to do is instead of like a yield sign, take it it for your own. It's a flashing yellow light at best. Uh, yeah. If we're if we even get that, or it's just or it's, it's a sign that says light. Light. it's just it's, a green light. It's one of those. It's one of those like across the pond highways where it's just like go as fast as you want, just don't crash. You crash it's your fault basically. We're gonna we're gonna flip it because instead of going with a high and a low, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna go with two highs today. I'm I'm passing. What was that? This is bullcrap. You can do the same. I mean, there are. I know. No I know. I could, but I don't want to. 
That, you know what? Then I'm going to have you handle the lows because for the highs, I'm going to keep mine short, sweet, and simple, though, since I'm cheating. I'm looking ahead to those Olympics, and we're not only getting women's softball back, but it looks like we are getting flag football for 2028 in the Olympics as well. Obviously, it's not. And, you know, we're going to call it NFL football at this point because that's what flag football kind of is sometimes as well, too. So, honestly, you're, it, you're getting – it's better than the Pro Bowl, and you're getting in the Olympics now, and, and you're getting women's softball finally coming back as well. So, for a second high, I'm looking at the 2020 Olympics. As of right now, the only thing missing is – actually, no, that's just about it as well. I, I believe wrestling is back in the Olympics for 2028 as well, if I'm not mistaken. If it is, they got everything they need. And the last Olympics were absolutely outstanding. I enjoy them thoroughly. Those who remember, we did the Olympic Minute for that. That was an absolute blast to do. So I'm really looking forward to 2028 when we get to, when we get to talk about uh, Micah Parsons and that flag football team, how they did how they did against some teams from overseas that they participate, women's softball, et cetera. And we'll get to enjoy it without having to wake up that wake up or watch it overnight. We'll actually get to watch it on somewhat normal time since it'll be in a time zone that we're a little more conducive with. So I'm gonna I'm gonna achieve my second high is gonna be the upcoming 2028 Olympics. Man, if only it wasn't. Oh, I don't know five years away uh by the way the other games just for for you know clarity's sake it's baseball slash softball so that you know you, that way you have the men's and women's covered um so that's one lacrosse squash flag football as you mentioned and the fifth guess what it is what's that cricket roll it up my sleeves to go part to go try out really quickly it is calling my name i know there are a Billion and one baseball players in America, but you know what? There's not a lot of cricket players in America. But so I'm just gonna say this, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't like international flair, you are not gonna want to watch cricket because you are gonna be let down. But I'm more excited to see if they play 24 hour test matches or if they pull a full three day match setup for the for the tournament. I feel like it's gonna go a 24 hour test match like they do in in the cricket World Cup. But yeah, I think that's gonna be pretty exciting as well. So, Absolutely. all right, so there's your second high. Um, all right, I'm, I guess I'm going to be the lone wolf here in the lows. And uh, we're going with this week's lows. And you kind of talked about them a little bit uh, early on. You talked about, you know, a couple teams being upset, a little, little sad faces for them. Um, but, you know, I'm going to a team that actually won a game and yet was still low. I'm talking about the Browns. Why am I low on the Browns, you might ask? The defense looked great. Absolutely. Elite. P.J. Walker didn't look bad, but didn't that's why it's a low. <laughs> P.J. Walker single-handedly outperformed your $250 million man in one game. We're talking P.J. Walker, former Carolina Panthers quarterback who won one game out of four starts. Um, we're talking P.J. Walker, the guy that was the possible XFL MVP. He outperformed Deshaun Watson. And, uh, yeah, look, it not saying you guys made a mistake, but I'm saying the wiring is on the wall here that Kevin Stefanski doesn't care who's that quarterback. He's going to continue to run the same offense. And why you spent $250 million on a guy to do exactly the same thing that P.J. Walker could do? I beg the question of why. What was the point? So my this week's low is the fact that the Browns got proven that they can win and beat an elite-level team in the NFL. And don't need a two hundred fifty dollar million, two hundred fifty million dollar man. That's that's one. That's my low. I, I know it's kind of reaching here. It's like an extension of a of a of a crunch crunch time here. But you know what? I, I got to say it because somebody has to point point it out to Browns fans that not only was this a mistake, you got to stop, you know, protecting the guy. But then also, like, 
your coach sucks. I mean, the fact of the matter is your offensive coach, your offensive coordinator is running the same offense with a Ferrari as he is with a Honda Civic. That's that's you get, you can't do that. I mean, realistically, you can't do that. And, and you know, talent on the field is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, PJ Walker. I'm a big stand for, for PJ Walker season. I think it should happen for the next three weeks. And then, you know, maybe go get Dak Prescott from Cowboys. That's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll have Trey Lance season down in Dallas. But no, I, I mean, look, let's be honest. Like, what did they do this Sunday that they didn't do offensively against or with Deshaun? I, I, I'm really, actually, seriously questioning that because honestly, that team outperformed everything they had with Deshaun. The anomaly would definitely be that Titans game where Deshaun had probably his best game he's had in many, many years. That was the anomaly. But you take what he's done as a whole, pretty much identical. Honestly, I mean, like. Okay, completion percentage. Okay, move some really good wild throws, like some of the ones to Amari Cooper that PJ made as well. So, like, it's I see oh, what you're getting at as well, too. Like, there's Amari Cooper absolutely is a big reason why PJ Walker was able to succeed the way he was. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, Kareem Hunt also, big reason why here. Uh, but you mentioned that Deshaun Watson game, by the way. Do you know how many yards Deshaun Watson threw for that game? Two, uh, that Titans game, like 250, 289. No, wait, 280. Couldn't even crack 300, but as you pointed out, rightfully so, that is the best game he's had in about four years. That's not good. First multi-touchdown game he's had in three years, by the way. He had one He had one last year because he had three touchdowns against Washington last not year. With, sorry, without a pick. Oh, okay. Without a gotcha. Pick. Okay. I was yes. like, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Yeah, see, he did not throw a pick in that game. But no, I mean, this, is, this goes to show you, like, if you're the Browns, I just I look you made a lot you, you've made a lot of mistakes in your franchise history. Well, there's no joke about that. Like I'm, I'm, I feel bad for Browns fans historically speaking. I'll just be honest and say that. Um, but here's the thing: you you made the biggest mistake two years ago in that offseason. You can't do what you did, and then now try to keep covering it up and say, "Oh, it's okay. We'll be better. We'll be better." PJ Walker just blew that door wide open and said, "Nah, are you, are you sure you guys are gonna be okay?" Um, because look. It is what it is. I don't think I need to explain why PJ Walker succeeding is a problem for Deshaun Watson. What I, will, what I will say is it will be the, we talked about what would be the most Lions thing to do. The most Browns thing to do would be to have Deshaun Watson play this weekend and lose to Gardner Minshew's Colts. That would be the most Browns thing to do. I don't think that will happen. I mean, we saw what Jackson We're leading to that, but yeah, I mean like it is, it is absolutely possible. Like you just don't know with this Browns team. Obviously a lot of it does hinge on that defense. Does it show up and be the best defense in 50 years? Or does it show up and lay an egg? Right now, it looks like the best defense of 50 years. But, I mean, let's be honest. You just you could always brown it up one day. Just, the Browns you just can't might be the, back You can't up. be that best defense every single week. We saw it against the Ravens. Sometimes you're not the best defense of 50 years. Sometimes you're just a casual top 10 defense that can get scored on, which means you have to score yourself. And, and the question is, is who's going to be this guy, guy scoring? Is it going to be Deshaun? Or is it going to be the running game that continuously bells him out? What I will say is if P.J. Walker does have to play extended time, we do know he loves to throw deep balls to the guys that were number two. We saw it with D.J. Moore last year in that Falcons game, that arguably the throw of the year, that Hail Mary is time expired, which why you put a linebacker on D.J. Moore, I digress. We won't get into that. But we do, we do know if he's in – whoever's in there, look for number two because he has showed he still has it. He is – just because Amari Cooper's volume targets and everything have gone down a little bit, he's still got it. He has still got it in abundance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the guy is still one of the most talented get-off-the-ball-and-get-open and guys in, in, in the league. 
So he's catching uh, the ball better this year. It feels like he doesn't have as many, what are you doing drops? Like he's had in previous years, just because like those concentration ones where he's a little bit, he's almost thinking too fast. He hasn't really had those this, this year. Granted limited action too. I've said this for the longest time with, when it comes to Amari, Amari is a great, bad, bad thrower, a great catcher of a bad, badly thrown ball or a hard ball. Like he does not do well with a touch pass. It's just something about the timing of it. For some reason, it looks like he just over-concentrates. Like you said, like he just over-concentrates on it and just like that'll be the one he drops. It's like the easy one. But it's like, oh, it's a it's a ball that's tipped in the middle of, in, in the air. I think of the Eagles game uh, for when he was with the Cowboys a couple years back. A ball that the Eagles defender jumps on, bounces over the Eagles defender's head, off of his hands, and Amari just snags it, takes it 20 yards to the end zone. It's like that type of stuff is something Amari's great at. The the high point of the, of the ball on the uh, on Sunday, that was, I mean, a perfect example of that. He just goes up higher and better than than the other defender, but it's a hard ball. And it's the soft ones. He's like, mm, maybe not. I don't know about this. Like, what am I going to do after I catch this? Who am I going to juke? Like, who am I going to have to spin? Like, what, what, who, who am I putting in a blender after this? Like, that's those are the questions he asks himself. And then the ball's on the ground. It's like, oh, crap. I should have got that. He's like Kobe Bryant. He makes the difficult look so easy, but sometimes he makes the easy look so damn difficult at the same time. While still being a great player, that is not a knock by any means as well. But So definitely something to keep an eye on with the Browns. We'll see if they can. They're in the mix of that absolutely wacky division by all. Absolutely bat-ish crazy division. So we'll see where they rank out. They have what should be an easy win this week. So maybe they'll get back on the, if not the lows, maybe we'll at least get to the mid middles of right now before we end an easy schedule the rest of the way. But that will do it here for the tip box. We got to get into the main uh, the main event here. And as we talked about, it's NBA season right around the corner. Some of you might be listening to this. The NBA season might already be going, but it is prediction time. One of our, I won't say our favorites because we're always so stressed out watching every game of the season. We're like, I want to be right. And then someone loses one of 82 games. We're like, it's over. It's over. It's it's, we're, the, we're the Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper commercial, the new one. That Amazing. It's like, guys, that was the first play of the season. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we have we still have time. We still have time. Like after burning everything in my merge, I'm the perfect example. I don't have any Kings gear now. Hmm. Um, and then so the Kings playoff run last year sucked because I couldn't rep any Kings gear. Exactly. And on top of that, this is where we all of our sports betting money starts to plateau a little bit. It does well during football season. Then NBA because of how it is. Well, you know, I might just not be betting NBA, any NBA this season either. But I shouldn't bet NBA. I shouldn't bet, bet bet football for the rest of the year either. But. We, here we are. Maybe it was just a 2023 thing. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe maybe we just can't bet in the odd years. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But what we are going to do is we're going to rank go west and east. We're going to go one through eight. Then we're going to go through the playoffs. We're not going to give you exact records for every team because that will take forever. But I'll go ahead and lead the way for us. I'm going to go top to bottom, starting with the number one seed. Surprise, surprise, we got the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray's healthy. Nikola Jokic is still Nikola Jokic. We're, gonna, we're just going to have them at number one. Like it's, I don't blame you. No, no spread. Number two, a little bit of surprise, we're going to go with the Phoenix Suns. I think they're going to get here on literally pure talent alone. I think getting rid of DeAndre Ayton actually weirdly is going to help them as well. I don't know who's going to play point guard, but you got three guys that can get you 30 at any given moment. They'll find a way to make it work. Third seed, we got the Memphis Grizzlies. Still got John Morant. I think I like Derrick Rose as a backup to him, and him literally saying, I'm not here to babysit you. You're grown. I do think they're a good regular season team, too. Despite everything, they are a really good regular season team, and I like Marcus Smart. Defensive player of the year. Two defense, actually, the reigning defensive player of the year and the number two guy from the defensive player of the year conversation. Exactly, they have that grindhouse factor, and then they got John Morant to stay healthy and stay out of trouble. That could be a very that's going to be a very very good regular season team. Number four, this is my first surprise of the year. I got the OKC Thunder. I think Oklahoma City last year made. I think Shea Gilchrist Alexander was a legit MVP candidate last year. He's only going to get better. 
Chet Holgram is coming in. He's going to give them some size. I mean, we saw their entire young roster last year. We saw how they, they were in the playoff hunt until the very end of it. I think they're going to be like the Suns a couple of years ago when CP3 came in and Devin Booker went from a career like 30% winning to in the NBA Finals. I don't think they're going to do – okay, he's going to do that, but we're going to see a jump in the regular season. They're going to play hard. They're going to have the young – they're so young. Everyone on their team's like 21 years old. Half of them are barely able to drink champagne. They're going to be playing hard every night. So I think they're going to win a lot of these games where the older teams might lackadaisical take a night off. I think OKC is going to bring it every single night. So I can see them winning enough games to get into that four seed too. Can, can I get that one more time? Who's your four seed again? Oklahoma City Thunder make the jump and are the fourth seed in the West. Okay. Just making sure you, you, you had to break out the sound before I dig it. I break out the sound effect for that one. Number five, okay. I know this is the one you've been waiting for. I got your Sacramento Kings. I think they'd be just as good as last year, basically. I don't think there's a whole lot change. The only difference is I think Memphis isn't going to have their superstar player pulling guns on IG Live and missing games. OKC, I think, is a surprise. So I think not a drop for the Kings. The only reason not the three C is because other teams just go up and brew a little bit. Kings are still awesome. No no, no issues there. Number six, Golden State Warriors. I have no idea how CP3 is going to integrate with this team. I don't know what the plan there is. You got Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steve Kerr. They stay healthy, getting you in the playoffs somehow. I, I don't know how it's all going to work, but I – I, I don't know who's going to play actual center for them outside of Draymond Green, but they always find a way to make it work. It's like the Patriots when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were there. Even if it looks bad on paper, you don't really pick against them at this point. You give them the benefit of the doubt. Seven, the Los Angeles Lakers, kind of the same thing if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy. I like it. I like Gabe bringing in Gabe Vincent to play point guard along with D'Angelo Russell. I do like Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura. I think they got some good pieces. Not great pieces. There's going to be a lot of those games where you watch them during the regular season, you're like, what was that? Anthony Davis, that's 11 points on three of 11 shooting. LeBron, you shot the ball 10 times and had eight turnovers. Like, there will be a lot of games like that because they're going to coast a lot probably. So they're going to get the seventh seed. Or we know one of them will. You know what? They all might if we're being honest. It's just kind of the way. There's there's definitely two players that will coast at some point in time in the season. And the eighth seed, this is where it was really tough because the West is kind of, I think in that like five, five down spot can get really crowded. At number eight, I'm going to go with the L.A. Clippers because it looks like Kawhi and Paul George are finally healthy going into the season for a change. So we're going to say they end with Russell Westbrook there to start the whole way. You got Morris. You got Tyron Lue. I'm going to say they get the eighth seed. They find a way to be relatively healthy throughout. A lot of time managed or load management, all that stuff. So we're going to say the Clippers get themselves back in the playoffs as the eighth seed. My first two teams out were the Dallas Mavericks and the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, it still doesn't make sense with the twin. The Rudy Gobert, Colin Anthony Towns thing still makes no sense. And, and then you have Anthony Edwards, who's your actual best player, and those two don't fit with him very well. Well, Carl Anthony Towns should because he likes to shoot threes, but then Rudy Gobert's in the way. It's just a mess there. And then the Mavericks, we have no visual evidence say Kyrie and Luka will work together. Like to, As a tandem, they are great individual players, but we have not seen any evidence of them winning games together necessarily. And that is two guards who are known to be ball dominant and don't necessarily have the best on-ball defense. They have their moments, I guess, but I need to see it work is basically the thing. And I'm nervous in the West it's not going to work. So that's what we're looking at, West 1 through 8 with 9 and 10 in it. All right, real quick, run, run, rerun back down in your West real fast. I, we, need to, we need to talk about this again. All right, we're going to go top to bottom quick, fast, in a hurry. Nuggets at 1, Suns at 2, Grizzlies at 3, Thunder at 4, Kings at 5, Warriors at 6, Lakers at 7, and the Clippers at 8. Okay. All right, and your first two out again? First two out, we're going to have the Mavericks and the Timberwolves as the first two out. Okay. All right. 
I can't believe there's no Victor Wampanyama in your uh, your conversation for the playoffs. They're they're going to be in there. Mind they're you, a playoff in. potential team last year. They're going to be in the hunt. They're going to be in the hunt. They're going to be in the hunt till the end, but they're going to miss out on that 10th seed. I think the West is a little deep, and that team has a lot of holes outside of Victor, basically. They were in the knockouts last year. That They got a lot of holes. They got the number one pick for a reason. It. <laughs> That's fair. All right, touche. <laughs> um, all right, cool. All right. I mean, look, I, I mean, obviously, there's, there's some holes there that I don't agree with. Um, but you know what? I, yeah, this sums it up well. I I I love the list. Don't like the order. Um, personally, the me the one the, the one that really kind of throws me for a loop is the fact the Warriors are lower while adding Chris Paul than they were last year, but the Thunder have increased while just getting Chet Holmgren back realistically. I'm also thinking that that team everyone is so young and they are getting a step better. And the Warriors, I don't know how CP3 is going to integrate. And you know how old that entire team is senior citizens. They're going to take a lot of games off. They are not. Draymond even admitted it last year in lack of better terms. They don't give a you-know-what until basically Fed the All-Star break. So they're going to leave a lot of games on the board where, like I said, OKC is going to win a lot of games because they're all kids that don't think like that. They are all Everyone on their team is younger than we are. Yeah, don't remind me. Thank you. I, I, I feel like they were – Whereas everyone on Golden State is closer to our age. So that's where I'm thinking. It's not just getting Chet Holmgren. It's more or less the entire team getting, getting a lot of very valuable time under their belt last year, I think, as well. And – Shea Gilchrist Alexander was an MVP candidate last year on a not so good team. Now I think everyone's going to take that step up as well. I didn't even mention some of the other players they have, like Davis Bertans, your boy. You got Dort on there as well. Hey, don't put that on me. Don't put Davis Bertans on me. Don't do that. Josh Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Keontae Johnson. Like they got a lot of really good young players. The Jalen, both Jalen Williams. Like they got a lot of good young players. And if they want to make a move, they have so many damn draft picks. I couldn't emulate that on NBA 2K if I wanted to. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, also, I was kind of surprised I didn't see any Rockets in there, just because they have been the off-season's darling for a lot of players, a lot of people. Um, they, you know, a lot of people think that the Rockets somehow did enough to get themselves in the top eight seed in the East or in the West. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not really surprised actually, because I know you have head on your shoulders. But um, yeah, I know they'll you. Pay attention to they will be fun. They'll be like the Spurs. Like they'll be in a lot of weirdly competitive games. Like they might be like 11, 12, like right. Them and the Timberwolves could flip flop around because the Timberwolves are an ish show. So you never know. We'll, we'll, we'll see if they can even keep their players out of jail. Um, well, they just trade Kevin Porter and two first round picks for literally an expiring contract to get rid of. They gave up two first round picks to get rid of Kevin Porter. I mean, that's fair. Hey, congratulations. Jabari Parker, take over now. Bring um, back Jabari. I'll change my mind if they bring back Jabari. I'll make him, I'll put him in 10. No, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, okay. So my my West uh, top two seeds, same as yours. Nuggets, Spurs, or Nuggets, Suns. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the Nuggets, duh. Uh, Jokic probably going to be contending for another MVP. Um, probably contending for yet another possible thirty point scoring season. Uh, you just never know. Um, the Suns I, look. Bradley Bill looks like the distributor Bradley Bill that we love. That him and John Wall did so well together as, and if he can do that and, and really work as the glue for Booker and, and, and Durant, I think this team is really exciting. Uh, and look, you don't have Deandre there anymore. So you actually have players that want to play for the team. Uh, and, and as much, and, and if you've, if you've ever watched the show before, you, you, you've heard us talk about basketball. Um, you obviously know I'm a Yersef Nurkic fan. Uh, I, I do love his game in today's day and age because it's simple. Play defense, put rebounds back in the basket. 
That's your two jobs. Like you don't have any other job as a, as a big man anymore in the NBA. And that is just fine to just stand down there, be big, be fat. Don't let anybody run you over. Take charges. He takes charges, by the way. That's a great part for the for, for me. Um, and yeah, I think I think look, the Suns team is it's exciting. Um, we'll see what they can do. I think uh, offensive records be wary. Uh, I know the offensive efficiency record was in danger for the from the Kings last year. Um, yeah, I, I think it might be in danger from the Suns this year uh, and the Kings this year. We'll see. I love that you mentioned Nurkic because his entire job is hey Nikola Jokic. Shoot over me. He will. Yeah. He'll still get you 30, but he won't give you 50 on 85% field goal percentage. He'll at least hold him to 60%, which is the, all you can ask for. And he's a capable enough scorer. So if, if you get down to it, let's say you you they match up with a team like a Warriors, who it's Deon, it's it's Draymond versus Nurkic. I'm taking Nurkic to get, get me 15 points. I don't care. Like That's going to be my pick. I'm like, that will get me the 15 points and 20 boards that I need to get over the hump. I'm not expecting Kevin Durant to go down there and get me boards. Um, so Nurkic will take care of that by itself. But um, yeah, so those are my top two seeds in the West. Uh, number three, I'm actually going to go right with that Warriors team I just mentioned. Um, I do think the addition of Chris Paul is going to work really well. Again, I just talked about Nurkic. His job is very simple. Uh, get rebounds, put, bucket in, put, put ball back in bucket. Uh, Chris Paul, job even simpler. Carry ball up court, pass, move to the corner for a corner three. That's that's your job. Let let Steph, let Clay do all the running around. And if you really need to, him and Kamunga, I think in a pick and roll system, if they need to get like if it, so, let's say Clay's on the bench, Draymond's on the bench, Steph's on the bench in that like three minute, four minutes window that they they take off in the second quarter. Uh, I think Chris Paul and, and Jonathan Kaminga together in a pick and roll situation is a very deadly combination. Uh, if anybody's watched any of the preseason, you've seen what Jonathan Kaminga can do. We've known he can; he's athletic. You know, we've known he's a freak. But this is the first year they've really let him off the leash, especially preseason wise. They kind of let him be the the Jordan Poole this year, um, just go off offensively, and it's fun to watch. Uh, so, I do think Chris Paul is going to be a, a, a fantastic asset to the Warriors. Um, I honestly see him like Steve Kerr back with the with the Bulls era. Just where it's really his job just to get the ball up and get the offense initiated and then just go stand at the corner. <laughs> that's that's, that's what it feels like. Lobs to Wiggins and Kaminga, like Lob City on the with the bench yeah. squad, basically. Make smart plays. That's his biggest that's gonna be his biggest job is keep the offense rolling, make smart plays. And don't play um, number four, one of the best matchups involved the Warriors last year. It also involved this team, and that's the Kings. Um, I have the Kings finishing at four. Staying staying right with the progression you'd expect. Um, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but I think they are going to be good. I think the addition of JaVale McGee might surprise some people as far as how impactful it can be, but let's not forget JaVale McGee is a part of the reason the Lakers did win a title in the bubble. Let's let's not forget, he is talented. Um, did have a year off from the NBA last year, if I'm not mistaken, to play overseas, was it, if I'm not mistaken? I think he played a little bit in the NBA last year. I think he started overseas yeah. and dipped back in, I believe. But that's, yeah, yeah, that's he's, right. He should be pretty rejuvenated next year. But yeah, I mean, look, I think the Kings' offense is still what it is. Uh, Malik Monk is still a deadly force. I don't think he's going to be off the bench as much this year. I think he's going to be. I, that's why I, I, we'll get to the six man later. But I think that's why he's not my six man of the year pick. Um, but yeah, so moving on, number five, I actually have Luca and the Mavs. I, on the other hand, do think Kyrie and Luca can figure it out. I do think Kyrie is at that point in his career where he knows he's not a number one. And I think, I, I think Luca is so dominant offensively that Kyrie is accepting in the fact that he can just, okay, 
take a seat. He'll take over. He'll still have his moments. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think that he'll have a forty point out, out outburst at some point in time this season. But I think knowing what the rest of the Mavs is made up of, he knows he has to be a number two. Like he knows if he plays the number two role, this team will succeed. But if he tries to fight for the number one role with Luca, I think he knows that this team's not going to succeed because they need a cohesive top two. Plain and simple. For the rest of this team to work, they need a cohesive top two. Um, so I have the. I'm kind of rolling the dice here on the Mavs. I'm, I have them at number five. They average uh, 130 points a game. I agree with you 100. I'm cranking yeah. them up. They can average 130 a night. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, a, a deadly offense, but defense. There's a lot of questions to be had. Um, number six, I have the Lakers for the exact reason we talked about earlier. When you talked about the Lakers, we know they're going to take games off. We know what LeBron does. We know what Anthony Davis does. It is what it is. And Anthony Davis, he needs to. He's a bigger guy. You know, centers in today's day and age, you need to have those rest days. LeBron, one of seven players historically to ever reach 21 seasons in the NBA. Something like that. So to do it good too. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be good throughout the 21 years. I mean, that's what's insane. So yeah, I mean, I don't I I don't blame him for doing it. Um, I do think the addition uh, of Gabe Vincent, as you mentioned, is a fantastic event uh, addition. I do think we see Rui kind of step into that third score role. I know Austin Reeves kind of carried a lot of that load, but I do think after the U.S. failed trials in the World Cup this year, he's not feeling himself as much. Whereas Rui, on the other hand, had himself a fantastic World Cup and had a fantastic end of last year and showed that he could be a, be a scoring threat in the playoffs for the Lakers. So I think that continues. Um, so I have the Lakers at number six. Number seven, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies, who you had highly ranked, and the biggest reason because I don't trust Joe. I just don't trust him to stay out of trouble. I don't trust Jaron Jackson not stu- shoot stupid leaning in threes every time. Um, and I'll, honestly, I, I do know they have a defensive talent. That's not a question. Like, you go into Memphis, you're probably not walking out with over 90 points, to be fair. But can your inconsistent defensive players score the ball? And I am talking directly to Marcus Smart. And I am talking directly to Jaron Jackson in this. They are great defensively, but their one bugaboo has always been that offensive output. You can't rely on Jaw to give you 50 a night in those situations. This is not, you mean, you're just not, not asking for success. I do think Derrick Rose is a great addition, um, but I don't know if it's enough. So I'm going to go Grizzlies here at seven. And again, this could be one that just blows up in my face and they end up at number three, just like every year for the last three years. Um, so number eight, I'm going to go Pelicans here. Go not only I'm going Zion, Brandon Ingram. I think the squad, CJ, I think they're there. I think, I think it's time for the Pelicans to, to, to take that step and to be a, uh, a top seed in, in the West. Now, do I have them getting to the playoff play-in bracket at number eight? No, they definitely come in as the ten. Mm. They do win the win themselves into the eight seed, um, and that's that's the impressive part. I do also have the Grizzlies winning their play-in to get the seven seed. Um, so that takes me to the first two teams out. I did talk about how I was surprised you didn't have any Wemby in your 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 Western Conference top eight. I did have Wemby in the top ten. Uh, he is one of the first teams out. He's actually the first one that loses in the 10-9 matchup there uh, for me. So Spurs um, at the, you know, first one of the first two out. Second one being the Clippers. The Clippers end up losing to said Pelicans after losing to the Grizzlies. Um, so they don't lose out. They lose out of the seven, lose out on the eight, end up losing out on the playoffs altogether. So, yeah, give me the Pelicans at eight, the first two out, Spurs and Clippers. Okay. All right. So no faith in the Timberwolves. Like we both kind of have very limited faith in the Timberwolves. Like we both are in the same boat unless Rudy Gobert is getting traded so they can have a team that makes sense. Not a whole lot of faith to have there. Yeah. Like Anthony, I've said this many times. I said on this show, I've said it on Jared's, uh, you know, corner booth. Have you ever seen me on that? And Jared and I get, get heated about this one a lot. I like Anthony Edwards 
if Anthony Edwards does not have a cat and does not have a Rudy Gobert down low. He can even shoot the cat because cat gets out of the way to shoot threes like for no reason. You have both of them on the block. But yeah, I mean, with their offensive setup, you you literally put two Christmas trees in there who can't move out of the way when you have a flying tornado of a man and you literally have the Tasmanian devil and Anthony Edwards come flying down the lane and they're like, oh, we're Christmas trees just standing here like a bunch of idiots. Like, come on, that's not good for anybody. That doesn't help anybody grow offensively. Anthony Edwards, without those two, would be a top 20 player in the league. Plain and simple. I will stand by that to the death of me. I have won 20 bucks off of this exact debate, though, because Anthony Edwards has not finished the top 20 the last two years because he has two idiots that stand down low and take up space. The whole idea of today's NBA is spacing. Spacing wins championships. Spacing wins games. Spacing is offense. You know what the Timberwolves have none of? That's right. They have no spacing because not only do they have those two that we just talked about in Cat and Carl and, and uh, Rudy Gobert, they also signed their third center to an extension last year. It was like four years, $30 million. Come on. Why do you need three guys that are over six foot 10 to stand down low and take up space from what is a God given talented superstar? I don't get it. I'll never understand what is going on in, in Minnesota, why they have such a fascination with putting giant trees out there. They don't do anything offensively. Yes, Rudy Gobert does have the highest true shooting percentage in the league because when you shoot inside two feet 99% of the time, of course you're going to make 88% of your shots. Doesn't matter, though. Such crap. I Sorry, this one sets me off because, like, the Timberwolves could be such a good team, but they just literally blow up in, the, in, in their own faces every year. So, all Imagine right. they're trading for Gobert. They used all those draft picks and traded for even a Drew Holiday. Or something like that, like somebody who makes sense and fits the role whatsoever, or anything, a small forward, anything, any Demar Derozan, even something like that, who can at least shoot a mid range. I'm just spitting out names that could possibly have been traded. Brandon Ingram, like my God, there's so many. Trey Man, when Trey Man was available, when when literally any one of these guys that moved teams this last year, any one of them, absolutely, honestly, you can call up Goran Dragic, you'll have a much better situation than he would with rudy gobert go grab a small go grab like two small forwards that can give you a 10 and play defense like you don't need that much like it's i digress we could turn the entire segment into this but I, I, gonna... I honestly, yeah we probably we could honestly turn it into the timberwolves bashing um sorry if you're a timberwolves fan i'm just being honest and, and i think you want care. To... i care more or less we just kind of want to see it make sense but we're gonna move on to the east i'm gonna cruise through the east because it's pretty top heavy i want to get through so starting with my east i'm gonna start at the top i got the boston celtics I think they're loaded. Tatum, Brown, still arguably the best duo. I like adding Kristaps for the 15 regular season games he plays. I like Drew Holiday. There, I like, I like Derek White now getting more burn. I think they'll be okay offsetting the loss of Marcus Smart with everything else they have. Number two, we got the Milwaukee Bucks. Damon Giannis, when they're on, they're going to torch and terrify everybody. There'll be some games. Though, they're just terrifying. That's all they're Number three, I got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Young team, I was really really big jump last year. I think they'll take a little bit of a climb here. The question is with Donovan Mitchell and the contract extension, if they come off to a rough start, does he end up getting traded? I, I we'll see. I don't think so. So I think they're gonna all these guys one more year together. I think they're gonna be a very strong team. Number four, we got the 76ers. This is exclusively because of Joel Embiid, basically, and I and Nick Nurse on top of it. Because I have no idea what's going on with James Harden. I is he gone? Is he staying? What do you get in return for him? Where does he go? I'm putting him here basically for the Joel Embiid factor, which I'll talk more about Joel Embiid later. Fifth, we got the Miami Heat. Still got Butler, Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Maybe they make the move for James Harden. Who, who knows at this point? But we have the Heat at five. 
Number six, we got the New York Knicks. Kind of the same reason Julius Randle, the real best player on the team, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett. They still just got some really good players. Number seven is my first kind of surprise in these. I got the Indiana Pacers. I think the Pacers have finally started to make a little bit of a climb here. And I'm st- either you have a similar thing or you absolutely hate uh, it. But either way, I like what they've, they've done. I love Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald in the backcourt. Miles Turner, Daniel Tiaz, the OB Tobin. They got a lot of really good players. Bruce Brown now on the team as well. I think they find a way to get really scrappy. Number eight, I got the Atlanta Hawks. Trey, Trey Young, Ice Trey, DeJounte Murray. They find a way to get the eight seed like they do every year. First team, team, first team out, I got the Nets. I love Mikel Bridges, but I think that team still has holes. And then 10, we got the Bulls. You had DeMar DeRozan. I hate what's seeing him going off Lonzo. I hate the fact that it, it looks like he's going to be out another year, but the Bulls saw some talent. So that's what we're going to do with the East. And it sounds like we got something similar or something ass backwards. Uh, we have a lot of similarities. Our top eight, I believe, are the exact same different positions, but the same teams. Um, okay, I'm curious now. Yeah, so number one, I have the Bucks. So for all the reasons you talked about with your offensive threats, um, yeah, they're deadly. Uh, no joke about it. Celtics, number two. Jason Tatum, that squad. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, Cavs, J.B. Bickerstaff. I mean, he's a heck of a coach. Darius Garland, absolutely talented. Evan Mobley. I can literally talk about every single one of these players on this team. Oh, and by the way, they added three-point shooting that is consistently decent. I'm not going to say good because let's be honest, we all watched those finals last year. We all watched the Heat last year. The finals and it's consistently good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's going to take me to number four. Same same as you, Sixers. Nick Nurse, Joel Embiid. I don't care what James Harden brings me because I have Dick Nurse and Joel Embiid. Oh, by the way, Tyrese Maxey. Love Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think he's the number two there, and I think he's going to tear some teams up this year. He probably puts up a fifty pointer this year. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, Knicks number five. Uh, I just Jalen Brunson is a little bit better than everybody expected him to come out coming over in the trade from the Mavs or coming over in the offseason signing last year from the Mavs to the Heat or to the Knicks. Obviously showed that in the playoffs how good he is scoring. I think he's going to continue to escalate his ability to stay low, stay centered, you know, stay centered on his body, keep his balance, and go up with anybody doesn't matter and score and get the and one. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense for somebody his size. Um, you know, it's just one of those. It is just one of those things. Uh, I do think we see R.J. Barrett again, like you said. Finally, maybe take a step. We'll see. We'll see if he takes a step, but I'm hoping he takes a step. Uh, number six is the Heat. So we just flip-flopped those ones. Uh, yeah, all the, the the reasons for the Heat, the Heatles, um, Jimmy Butler and his emo haircut. Hmm. I just Yeah, anyways, I'll leave that alone. And your surprise was going to be my surprise, and that is the Pacers here at number seven because Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield. That entire offensive setup is so smooth with the ball, so talented. There is so much young talent. You talk about young talent on the on the Thunder. I think that's the case here for the Pacers. There's a lot, a lot of young talent here on this team. And if they can stay healthy, they have the East to contend with, which means they have an opportunity. Um, and number eight, just like you, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, probably going to change some of these up, but honestly, I just it's the East. I don't think much. Like Even trying to force something to change up is – Probably not going to benefit me much. Um, my first two out, I actually have a surprise here. None of these teams are the Nets. So the Nets didn't even make my top 10 in the East. Um, surprising everybody. I love Michael Bridges. I just don't think it's there for him uh, this year. I think there's too much deficit everywhere else. But so my first two out will be the Hornets and the Magic. 
So. I sure hope so. How much money that Lamella Ball just spent on that grill at eighty thousand dollar grill? You better at least get in the top ten seeds with that. With that, when you put that kind of money on teeth, yeah, I mean, it's got to do something, right? Um, right. I'm surprised you weren't more surprised by the Magic, to be honest. Honestly, I was the Magic, the Bulls. Like there, it that ten seed. I looked at it, there. It is a cluster in that ten spot. Like there are so many teams that could be in. Honestly, the nine seed too. Like all of those teams, I think, are in a similar pool. It's like yeah, I, I mean, the Magic too. Like I like the Magic. I do. I think. Paula Bancaro was even better than I thought he was going to be coming out. Like he's he stepped right in, was even better than I thought. So that, that's a good team too. Him and Cole Anthony, I think, are a, a heck of a talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I, I don't know. I, I think I think there's a lot to be still missed at the end of the day from that team. I just yeah. Hey, and then next well, year though, you never you never know. And I, I like this comment too. Love both lists, but swap the top two because Dame is suspect on defense, and that, that, that is that is very fair. That, while he will probably give up 20, I do trust him to randomly get 40 shooting from the logo and then having Giannis back there as well, too. Uh, just Man. being the you know what? Here's the sneaky part about this entire thing, and everybody keeps forgetting there's still a Chris Middleton on this team. Like, of all the things that the, the, the Bucks could have lost, Chris Middleton was not one of them, <laughs> and that is just an insanely beneficial piece with just Giannis and Chris Middleton leading that offense with a little bit of Brooke Lopez. This team was a number one seed. Now you're going to tell me you're going to add in the offset offense of Dame Dame, and by the way, Brooke Lopez still with the team too. It's terrifying. If they would have kept Drew Holiday, I would have picked them to win 74 games. If they could have found a way to keep Drew Holiday too, I'm picking undefeated. Like I'm just 82 and 0. I'm just going to say 82 and 0. And if they lose one game, so be it, because you're still 82 or 81 and one. 76 and six, like they're they're pulling off something. They're pulling off something ridiculous. They could have kept Drew Holiday in that defense. Like that would have been absolutely insane. But no, I mean, I definitely, definitely see where where RJ is coming from. Though I, I do get it. I do. I, I like. I don't believe Dame is as bad on defense as, as many people do. He's a step above Steph, and in a lot of ways, defensively, he's not as good as Chris Paul once was defensively. But he's pretty even with Chris Paul now. I mean, he's never going to be the detriment to your defense, but he's never going to be your best defender. I think that's safe to say. But if you need him to match up with two or three, you know, two or three possessions with the top guy on the other team, he'll do it. He's not afraid he, to do it. He's kind of like what Tony Parker was for those Spurs teams. Like he was clearly there for offense defensively. He wasn't going to kill you. He wasn't a revolving door, but you weren't, you didn't feel comfortable necessarily when he took on those top guys one-on-one for 30 minutes. Yeah. At the end of the day, look, here's the thing about those two teams. Like the two teams we're talking about here, we're talking about the Bucks and we're talking about the, that, that OG Spurs team. They had better defender options. Bruce Bowen was on that team in the Spurs. There are better options. And they had the all time defenders down, bo- down below too with Giannis and Tim Duncan. It's like, oh, our rim's safe. Yeah, exactly. And then that's the thing is like, so you're, you're, I mean, your wing defender doesn't have to be great by any means. Yeah. I mean, he just has to be decently good. And Dame fits that category of being at least good defensively. And I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to say terrible, but I mean, he is, he's average. I mean, let's, uh, there it is. He's just average defensively. But that's all I need. Absolutely. And you know what? We have just got through our seating now. We got a long ways to go still. So we're going to run through these. I'm going to run through my West playoffs. Then Kelsey's is going to run through his. Then I'll run through the East. He'll run through the East. Then we'll do our finals and stuff too. So we're going to go on. We're going to go on hyperdrive here, everybody, really quick. So round one, Nuggets and Suns both winning. No surprise here. The surprise comes in the other two matchups. I have the Kings with the upset over the Thunder. Thunder's still a little young. And then the Golden State Warriors with the upset over the Grizzlies. Copy and paste last year. So those are the ones I have advancing. Round two, we got the Nuggets taking on the Warriors and the Suns taking on the Kings. In that matchup, I have the Nuggets. How are they going to even? How are they going to slow down Nikola Jokic? How are the Warriors going to deal with that monster? So Nuggets in five, probably honestly, like they'll they'll win that one comfortably and they'll get revenge for Suns in four a couple of years ago. Just have this take it out on the Warriors. 
now we got the Suns versus the Kings. The average score is going to be 150 to 160 in this game. Nobody is stopping anybody. Mm-hmm. I like the cohesiveness and the way things fit to better with the Kings a little bit. So I think in seven games, we're going to say the Kings squeak one out over the Suns in a ridiculous high-scoring affair. I like the way the team meshes together as opposed to just three all-stars and your kids. I like the way that De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk and all those guys fit. And I don't think Sabonis lays an egg this year like he did last year against the Warriors. I don't think Draymond's going to punk him. There's no Draymond on that team to punk him necessarily this year. So, Well, that's what they got JaVel for. I I don't think JaVel's – he's JaVel's good, but I don't think he's quite uh, – there's, there's, there's no, no thing they got JaVel to take the pressure off so he doesn't have yeah. to deal with Draymond. Gotcha, yeah. That, I see what you're saying now. And that puts us in the conference championship game. We got the Nuggets taking on the Kings, and unfortunately for the Kings, I still, even with JaVel McGee, I think that's a tough ass. So I'm going to say the Nuggets find their way back to the NBA Finals out of the West. So – and I think especially if Jamal Murray stays healthy this entire year, he's going to take a lot of that load off of Nikola Jokic. So I don't think it's going to drain him quite as much. So we're going to have the Nuggets getting back to the finals out of the West. Okay. I like that. You know, it's, it makes sense. Um, my first round, getting out of the first round, the four teams out of the first round, I'm just going to, now I'm not going to go through the matchups because that's pointless. Um, I have the Nuggets making it, the Mavs as the upset pick over the Kings, uh, the Suns, they'll make it, and the Warriors. So three of the top four. Than the maps, um, and your own team's going down. Ouch. Yeah, and the five seed. I mean, yeah, I don't have the Kings to go that far again. I have them bouncing in the first round. It's just, um, unfortunately, the the Mavs I think is a slightly better team uh, at the end of the day there. Um, so getting out of the second round there, I have Nuggets taking on the Mavs. The Nuggets will win that series, and then the Suns taking on the Warriors. And in one of you just talked about the one sixty one fifty matchup, one twenty to one thirty mm-hmm. matchup here. I have the Warriors beating the Suns. Um, just a little bit difference there because, well, Chris Paul gets a little revenge. So, no Tony brothers in this series, by the way. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but then that'll take us to the conference championship. Nuggets versus Warriors. Redux. Um, and in what is the Warriors fashion of the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they get revenge, just like they always do. They go back go to the finals. So, I have the Warriors going to the finals here out of the West um, over the Nuggets. But despite Jokic's best efforts. So what you're saying is there is no Scott Foster during any of this playoff run, basically, is what I'm hearing. Saying Scott Foster may or may not have an accident at some point in time this season. Dun, dun, he may dun. or may not ever officiate a Warriors game again. Very interesting. All right, so we got the Warriors getting back as well, too. The dynasty continues and CP3 fits right in seamlessly. But for the sake of time, I'm going to run through the East. Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, top three winning. The quote-unquote surprise is the upset, the Heat over the 76ers, the five over the four. So not a lot of surprises in round one. So that's going to take us to round two. We got the Celtics, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Cavs. I like this Cavs team, but Damon Lillard and Giannis has a lot to contend with, so I'm going to say the Bucks get through that one. Celtics and the Heat, they've played for, this will be the fourth year in a row, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I'm going to say the Celtics get by them in this matchup as well. So conference championship, we have the Bucks versus the Celtics, and Random fun fact, the last th- three NBA finals coming out of the East, the East was represented by the winner of Celtics versus Heat when they played in the playoffs, and that will continue for the fourth year in a row. Because I have the Celtics will get by the Bucks to meet the Nuggets in the NBA finals. How about that? Okay, so you have Celtics Nuggets in the finals. It's interesting. Um, so for me, I'll go just run through it again. Uh, getting out of the first round are my top four. So I have the Bucks facing the Sixers, the one versus four matchup in the second round. And Celtics versus Cavs, the two versus three matchup. And out of that second round, I have the Celtics advancing over the Cavs and the Bucks advancing over the Sixers. 
See what I say about the the East here? It's just it's like a second like order, it's like a well-read book. You just know what's going to happen. Um, so now Celtics versus the Bucks. And as much as I love Dame, as much as I think the addition of him to the Bucks is a fantastic piece, I'm going to say the Celtics upset them. Um, I guess technically upset them. I don't know. Two versus one it is what it is. Uh, Celtics beat the Bucks and make it out of the East to face off against the Warriors here in the finals, setting up a Celtics versus Warriors finals. Oh yeah, I like it. So we both had the Celtics getting out of the East. So I'll just I'll run through mine really quickly. I won't waste a whole lot of time. Celtics taking on the Nuggets. I will have the Celtics taking the dub in a four-two series. I think Drew Holiday is going to make life miserable for Jamal Murray a little bit. I think they'll find a way to deal with Jokic and Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's going to be lethal, but Jason Tatum, aka Deuce's dad, is going to get the Finals MVP. So I think the Celtics finally get over that hump. They finally trade, sign Jalen Brown, and don't talk about trading him for like they do every they have done every other week for the last few years. And I think they finally get away over the hump, and the Celtics get that get that ring. I like that. I like that pick. I like that pick. I would, if I had the Nuggets in the finals against the Celtics, I also would have gone Celtics, by the way. Um, I just feel like I should mention that. But for my finals pick, I do not have the Celtics. and I do not have the Nuggets in the finals. Uh, I have the Warriors in the finals. And Celtics-Warriors go just like you, DJ. Six games. Uh, the Warriors, though, the Fighting Warriors, they win that series 4-2. to two. Uh, Yeah, I, I, we had our misspelling in the back from, from our, our friends back there. It's okay. We pay them in crackers anyway, so they're okay. Uh, but yeah, it's like Warriors win this one four two. Steph Curry named at Finals MVP, and Chris Paul probably sets a record for assists in a Finals game with something like I think it's like twenty seven assists in the Finals game, something like that thirty two. I don't know. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's something that the Warriors would do. Honestly, at this point in time, I've missed so many years of NBA basketball yeah. predictions in the playoffs. I just was like, all right, low hanging fruit. Who am I going with? Here we go. So yeah, that would be something for CP3 to finally get over that hump with the team that arguably was one of the biggest thorns in his side and the player that he probably despised playing against the most, arguably, for a while there, too. Oh, guaranteed. Uh, That would be absolute. And if anyone's paid attention to our last handful of predictions, we have instituted a fan vote this year. And for the fan vote, this is what we got. We got the Bucks taking on the Lakers, surprisingly, with the Bucks getting the W, but Damian Lillard winning the MVP. So we like Dame. They seem to love Dame by the looks of it, which that could be a very fun matchup if it happens too. You know what? I don't hate it, but I will say the Lakers really, can we get off Laker nation people? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the early two thousands. Yeah, they were in the Western conference finals last year. If they just get the right matchups at the right time and avoid a lot of those other teams to get to the final, you never know. We won't rule it out as well. All I'll say, but we do have, we do have a little bit of time left and we do got some awards to get to. So, I'm going to run mine from bottom to top. We're just going to sprint through this really quick. NBA award predictions. Sixth man of the year, Gabe Vincent with the Lakers. Rookie of the year, surprise, we got Scoot Henderson with Portland. Coach of the year, we got Frank Vogel of the Suns. Defensive player of the year, Joel Embiid adds more hardware, but not not playoff wins. And MVP, we're going to say Giannis takes the MVP, beneficiary of having Dame Lillard take a lot of the pressure off. I guess the tiebreaker for rookie of the year must have been seeing ability because Scoot Henderson definitely gets that nod. 1,000%. 1,000%. I also I think Victor's going to be the – it's going to be one of those weird ones where everyone's locked in on Like Anthony Davis and Dame Lillard as rookies where it's like, oh, wait, this dude's balling. And I think he's just going to have like some weirdly dumb numbers to complement it. I feel your pain. Um, I feel what you're saying. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. So going through my awards, six man of the year, Karis LeVert for the Cavs, yet again in the conversation for six man of the year. This year he finally gets over the hump and wins it. Defensive player of the year, the number three finisher last year gets it this year, and that's Evan Mobley. Um, in my book, I have him winning it. And then 
the rookie of the year, I do have going to Victor Wambanyama because at this point in time, I'm just going to accept the fact that the voters are the voters and they love to see the unicorn of unicorns, I guess. I don't know. What did LeBron call him again? An alien, I guess is whatever. Anyways, yeah, Victor Wambanyama, the Spurs. I also think this sets up the Spurs for years to come. I think you think we get a, get a nice little run for them. Coach of the year, new coach, Adrian Griffin for the Bucks. Same team. Uh, literally, I feel like at this point in time, if you have Giannis, on, uh, you have Giannis as your one of your players, Chris Middleton, and now you got Dame. It's really hard to mess this one up. You kind of just let them go out there do the thing. They all fit really well together, play style wise. Um, I think this is going to be a perfect job for Adrian Griffin as his first real head coaching position in the NBA. And MVP, I said it last year. I was wrong. I'm going to say it again this year, and I'm probably going to be wrong. But that is the dude that I'm scared to find in a dark alley, Luka Doncic with the Mavs. Uh, that is that is my dude for MVP this year. And again, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm probably going to be wrong. I, I think it just every year it happens. And I'm, and you know what? This sums it up perfectly. Love DJ's list because he's probably going to be right. And mm. then with my coach, because actually I, that is one thing. Coach of the year, I've done pretty well on. Every other award or pick, and I'm... I, I will say I do really like that coach that coach option as well. He has the best thing to work with. The only reason I picked Ferring Vogels, I think he's gonna find a way to get the Suns to play a little bit of defense, like during the regular season at least, because he's known as a defensive guy. That's kind Bradley of his thing. Bill will play defense. What was that? Bradley Bill will play defense. And I don't even know who else is on the team, to be honest. Your kids will find a, like he, I think he'll somehow get yeah, them into like a same. top 14 defensive thing, and people will just be like, oh, okay, because they're gonna try and short change. They're trying to shortchange the bus. Like, oh, anyone could do it. Damon Giannis. Like, they're going to find a weird way to. They're going to find a weird way with the coach thing this year. But I agree yeah, with you. No. Definitely can't go wrong with that one. Also, JB Bickerstaff. If the Cavs continue their maybe if they if the Cavs finish top two in the East, I think Bickerstaff gets the coach of the year. He almost was mine as the three seed as it was as well. So yeah. he was right there in the mix of it. And Luca, it one of these days it's going to hit for you. One of these times it's going to hit. The question is, do you think he does it as a? 30 10 and 9 guy or do you think he this year he just ends up maybe reeling it back and going like 27 13 and and 10 like do you think he's more of the assist or do words, think- i don't think ever mesh with lucas play style that is reel it back um i'm saying the points reel back but the oh, i know i know i know i'm just more just joking the fact that reel it back and luca don't go good together at the end of the day uh no i mean look if luca's gonna do it luca's gonna do it at 31 Probably it's going to be, it's going to, honestly, it feels like it's going to have to be 31 plus a night. And then the other things, eight and seven, probably eight rebounds, seven, seven assists. It feels like what it's going to have to be. I mean, he maybe has eight rebounds, six assists, five assists, but he's going to have to have over five assists and probably eight, nine or 10 rebounds a night. But I do think he has to have 31 plus um, scoring because at the end of the day, look, we have Embiid, we have Giannis, we have Jokic who scoring offensively probably going to be giving you somewhere between 29 and 31 and we know their stats for rebounding are going to be way up there so for luca to have a chance he's going to have to outscore him by at least a whole solid point i will say on top of that too we know luca can get you like those 10 assists tonight i mean he averaged like nine last year or something ridiculous i do think with the way they play offense he'll dish the ball but then it'll like stop with Kyrie as Kyrie puts on his moves so he won't get credit for the assist like just because of the way this that is my concern they which might deflate the numbers but it'll help overall because he'll get like the defense drawn to the left side, get it to Kyrie to isolate on the right where he has all that space. So, like, not in a way that detriments the team, not saying Kyrie detriments it that way. I'm saying the way the ball might move, or he'll dish to Kyrie, who will drive and then dish it to someone else. So we get hockey assists. But real yeah. quickly, before we before we get out of here, too, I'll have you go ahead and recap your awards for us one time real quickly. Yeah, six man of the year, Karis LeVert, defensive player of the year, Evan Mobley, rookie of the year, Victor Wimanyama, 
Coach of the year, Adrian Griffin, MVP, Luka Doncic. For me, I got six-man, Gabe Vincent from the Lakers. Rookie of the year, Scoot Henderson with Portland. Coach of the year, Frank Vogel with the Suns. Defense player of the year, Joel Embiid. And MVP, we have Giannis taking the MVP. And real quickly, as we go and get out of here, we're going to jump right into Kelsey's favorite part of every show. That is, of course, crunch time. And that is brought to you by Outlier. Go to outlier.bet backslash sports. Get yourself a free seven-day trial to best smarter, not harder. For, for me, I'm going to keep mine quick, short, and easy. The UFC pulled a magical unicorn thing here on roughly 12 days' notice. They had to replace the main event and the co-main event, and somehow both fights got better, bringing a former champion, Kamaru Usman, and the current featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky, for a super fight rematch. So if you're a big fan of fisticuffs, you got quite the shakeup this week. Those betting odds, take a look at them too. Usman, a plus 280 underdog, understandably so. Volkanovsky, like a plus 385, both understandably so. Short notice against... And both of them going up a weight class on top of it. If you got a few dollars, could be you could what you can win a lot. I Kamaru Usman versus a guy Kazma Shemaev. I'm gonna take Kamaru Usman in that one. I'm just I'm just saying. I know it's up a weight class. I know Kamaru's old and has no knees anymore. I'm gonna take. I'm taking that bet. You don't need you don't need knees to punch through a brick wall. I'm saying. You know what? Shemaev has looked like a brick wall at a lot of points as well, too. And he's also looked like an absolute – he's looked like a tractor at the same time running through people. So I'm just saying take a look at those if you like to bet. If, to check out outlier.bet. See my some of the defense. I just came out and was like, mm, that parlay together, though. Put two bucks on that bad boy. I, I, I'm not going to show my DraftKings app right now. I'm going to let you go ahead and take over for a crunch time. <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing for – honestly, I got nothing for crunch time. I let it go in the uh, my lows of the week. Uh, because I had to get that one off my chest and on the Timberwolves conversation. Uh, by the way, though, uh, crunch time, uh, you know, if you do have, if we do have to have something, look out for the new City Connect jerseys this year. The Timberwolves did actually have a pretty sick new uh, City Connect and the Kings. I actually kind of like the Kings City Connect. I know it's not the same color of the Kings jerseys we're used to, uh, but the Kings had a whole redesign for the jerseys. One of them being the new City Connects, navy blue. Looks pretty good, actually. I like kind of, honestly, though, it does kind of look like something you'd expect out of a Chicago team, but you know, I digress. Interesting. So, I guess there'll be something to look forward to with the Timberwolves games besides just being pissed off the whole time I watched yeah, them. Not so. as cool. I still don't think they're as cool as their Purple Haze jerseys from the Honor Prince a few years back, though. Those were sick. We got to see those we'll, in person. I still, regret not, I still regret not wearing those in or not buying that. One can only dream, but what maybe one day in the future. But that's going to do it here for us on the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us. Let us know in the comments what predictions we got right, wrong, indifferent everything and be sure to check us out fantasy fridays dj's best bets over the weekends and tier tuesdays on youtube as well but we will see you all again next time